Kumlen Rablat Gemara. This is the Gemara for Hashanah Rabba, the Kuv Beis Amar Aleph. We're continuing the discussion between Rav Yechel and Rishlokish, arguing when a person obligates themselves without really a star, but, um, but in front of witnesses, doesn't have the full, um, I guess, veracity of a star, and they didn't make a Kenyan, and, uh, but does is it obligate them or not? Toshma, bring another proof. Kosov Lekai, he writes to a coin. He writes to a Koyin that I owe you five slime. He has a, a son that has to be redeemed, but he writes, I owe you five slime. I owe you five slime can mean out of a loan. I owe you five slime because of the opinion, but he wrote it in a doctor. He wrote it in a star. So he has to give five slime. So what is he from here? He said, I'm giving you five slime, documented it, didn't really write his name, nor did he um, have witnesses or sign or anything like that. And yet he's obligated to give the five slime. Doesn't that show that that's like a is correct? And yet, yet his son will not be redeemed. We'll come back to that soon. Why his if, if he has to give five slime and he gave it, why shouldn't his son be redeemed? So the Gemara um, and and shiny. So right now we think the reason is because the five slime has to do with a loan rather than the pigeon. Says Gemara, no. Shiny the You know, I hear the document is good enough because the title says you nothing was a loan. You owe five slime, and then you put down on the paper, I owe you five slime. And we'll see in a minute. So why did you write it down if the, if the halacha says you have to give five slime to the coin? But the Meshubalim that I said, since the Torah obligates you, so therefore whatever you wrote, no matter how flimsy it is, is good enough. Says Gemara, what in the world are you writing for? Because you have to select a coin. You have a right to choose any coin you want. So you write it to this coin. Like you know, my kira or whatever relative, I have a friend. I am obligating myself to you. So if so, the son, why isn't redeemed? Since the title obligates you, and all you did is we put it in the star, you recorded it, even though it's not really a proper star, but you tell me it has a full validity of a star because it's fair obligated. So why in the world are you telling me that this, even though you're giving that you have to give the five slime, but you have to give another five slime to redeem yourself? What's the logic of that? Said he wanted to do all this. Follows Ula. What did Ula say? Because Amrul Ula said, if our Torah, according to the Torah, probably, of course, it's redeemed. You gave five slime. But when Lefishiyiti, once you give the money, well, my time of Amru, why did they say Benoi ain't no So why and what did they say that the son is not redeemed? Gizeda, because we are worried. If you, if a person owes me money, and I have a document, he owes me hundred dollars. I take that document. I say, I give it to the coin. Say, here, this is yours. I want to redeem my son. We learn now that you cannot use, uh, you can only use real money. You cannot use a star, you cannot use a karka, you cannot use a volume. You cannot use these things to redeem your child. And if you're going to use this, if you're going to have this document here, people don't understand the nuances. And they're going to think that if this document, I owe you, is, is good enough, then any loan document will be good enough and errors will come about. And therefore, we decide, you know what? You still owe the $5, you wrote clean the document, but you still have to get another five, five slime for the redemption of your son. Again, people say, people think that you can redeem with a star. In fact, this is a machlekes of Tanoim. This argument of Yechel Shlokes, you can say, is an argument of Tanoim. What is that? Now you have a guarantor. A person guarantees the, the loan, otherwise the lender would never lend the money. But what happened over here was, and, and if there's a guarantor, you would put that into the document itself, and then the Aidim would sign right beneath that. But what happened here, this is an Arab that came In other words, the Aidim signed the loan, and then the following day, um, the, 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 the lender managed to get a guarantor for this loan. So the guarantor signed below, he signed the guarantee beneath the, the, um, the, the signatures of the witnesses. 
And this is important because then you can definitely say the loan was not give granted on account of this guarantee because you gave the loan before even the guarantee happened. But nevertheless, it's there documented. So we have an argument. How do we treat this section of the star, which is not really corroborated by witnesses? In other words, it doesn't have the full veracity of the star. It's more like um, what we learned before, a document that was written you know, IOU, the order was writing IOU, if you know, and so on, but that, nothing more than that. So, I think about Omar is a rather Kitarez, I'm going to tell him, is actually start if a guarantor writes signs after the star already was signed beneath the below the, the signature of the Adim. And he says this and this, and he this says that the order would, um, the order took accepted the guarantee to guarantee it, and he admits he doesn't deny it. So, then is that you can collect if, if the, the, the borrower has the money, you can go to this guarantor and collect, but only from his personal assets, not from properties that he unsold because there's no real shtayer. Yes, it has, it's, 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 you indebted yourself, you're obligated yourself, but you can only go to you. You cannot, the lender cannot go back to this guarantor. Now, why not? Omali says, he said, why not? He, he wrote in the star that he is a guarantor. Omali, let me ask a question. Let's say you're walking down the street, you see uh, two people fighting, and one person is strangling another person. And you saw it. Release him. And I will reimburse you. I'll give you whatever he owes you. Then he releases him, and he turns, around, and after the guy runs away, please, he turns to him and says, no, pay me. He doesn't have to. You never lent him the money because of me. He didn't know I existed. I just said something. So what? Talk is cheap. How am I obligated to pay you? So the same thing over here. Because the order put it on the start after the witness aside, it doesn't mean anything. So Lehman seems, that even though it's not a proper star, if he said, I'll owe you, you're chayv. And the shlaki says, bananas. The shlaki says, you're like bananas. And this Gemara here seems a bit more like Rabbein Tam. We're talking about bringing upon himself a new obligation, rather and talking about a history. You're right. According to bananas, definitely there's no argument. Bananas says that it has no validity. There's no obligation here. So there's no question. Abiyachin will agree. According to bananas, you're not chayyim. He pleads only arguably by Bishmol. Abiyachin says, I hold like Bishmol. Bishmol clearly says that the Arab is, is obligated to pay. The Shlach says, no. You know why that he holds, Abishmol says, because that generally an Arav, there's a Shibuda de Raisa generally, and because he he um, he signed over here, um, an Arav generally is Meshubit from the Taita to pay, and because he over here is signed at the bottom, so he says, okay, it, 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 um, it, 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 even though it's not a perfect star, it's not a perfect scenario, nevertheless, you're obligated to pay. I will hold the Raisa, but over here, to say that uh, um, I owe you $100 because Shiva Denai says that there's nothing there. And therefore, there's have an argument whether there is any validity to the star when it wasn't signed properly. There was no Kenyan whatsoever. But uh, an Arab generally, in Mahatayra, an Arab is responsible and you can go to the Arab to collect on the loan. Goofy, let's analyze this thing he's talking about tonight. Come, uh, they have a discussion. Come, how much you give me for your son? Come, we're in a coup base, um, base about seven lines at the top of the page. 
So Rav Gidl said, name or not. When people get them, have their children getting married, they sit down, they negotiate, and each one says how much they're giving to the marriage towards the towards their future um, lives together. And they, they make commitments. And then no document was signed, no kinyan was made, but on that basis, that basis, the children became engaged, got engaged. Then everything that they spoke about is now confirmed, and it's as if it was transacted. These are the exceptions where you just said something and you're really bound by it. First of all, within logic, you would think this makes sense. If your daughter is a Naira, so the whole, you know, when you transact something, I have to get something in return. What the whole idea of is we swap. I get one thing and you get something in return. If I promise to, to, put, to give $1,000 to my daughter towards the future you know, life together, what am I getting in return? It makes so he says, I'll tell you, it makes sense if your daughter is a, is a girl getting married, you come a naira where the money of the Kedushan ends up with the father. So he's getting the benefit of the of the Kedushan itself, the engagement money. The Kamati and all he's getting engagement money. Therefore, and he's swapping with that. He said, you know what? I'm going to give money towards my daughter's marriage. I will beget us, but once she's 12 and a half years old, when you're not entitled to receive, she gets married, she can choose whoever she wants to marry, and she receives the Kedushan. The Lamati and the father gets no benefit whatsoever, like. Maybe then it doesn't, um, the, 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 a word is not a word because what's he getting in exchange? So, so that's what you would think. But when the Kim, I can swear, Omarad, the Rav meant, I feel the Even the girl is an adult and everything else, the father gets something. What does he get? Nachas. He gets Nachas. And that Nachas, that pleasure that he gets to see his daughter getting married. Is uh, for that he's prepared to give whatever it takes, and therefore it's valid transaction. And I'll prove it to you, because the father of the daughter, let's say, is only talking about an iron. He gets the condition, but the father of the son, who also gives commitments, what does he get? Nothing. The son pays, doesn't get by condition. It's the son who gives to the wife, not the wife gives to the son. So the e loy If you don't say that, the father of the son, what does he get? Ella that pleasure. That pleasure that they're going ahead to get engaged, there's no greater pleasure. And therefore, that's enough to, to cement that commitment. Okay, let me ask you a question. How far do we take? You're saying you can record this and it has another contract, but how far do we go? Can you use this contract if the father of the Kala, the father of the Chassan, for whatever reason, no, no longer have the assets and cannot keep their word? Can you go to any purchaser that purchased property after that date, post that date? So the Vito actually, can you write, uh, write them down? Or you shouldn't write them down. If you hold that you can, if you hold that this contract is a, has a full um, of a contract, then you can write it down because you could go on Chassam Shabbatim, nothing, nobody gets cheated. But if you hold that this contract does not have the full din of a contract, and therefore you cannot go on Chassam Shabbatim, then you shouldn't write it down because people don't really know the difference. They'll see the contract, they'll think that the, that the buyer will give up the property when it's, when it's not fair. Omalah, he said, so Ravashi said, you should not write it down because you cannot collect from the body with this property because at the end of the day, there was no Kenyan made. So you cannot collect from the body. If don't write it in the first place, don't write it down. You, they have to keep their word, but don't document it. Okay, Ezra has a question. It says, 
we learned in our Mishnah, the, the smart ones, you know, who promised if, to take care of their stepdaughter, if they want to be really clever, but they should make sure they should add a clause and say, I'm only going to take care of our stepdaughter while we're married. You, you, we're not going to marry for six months, you walk away, and then I got to take care of your kids. As long as we're married. So he says clearly from here that they used to write it down. You say when it comes to all these arrangements, they didn't write it down. It's a clear mission. They wrote it down. Even though it wasn't really a proper document. It's like an IOU. It says, even though the mission uses the word it means they said. Where do you find that saying is like writing? In yes. We learned. If a person writes to his wife, I don't have anything to do with your, your assets. He, he quotes the same Mishnah, but he changes, he revises the word to the word. So we see that can mean sometimes same. Okay, so it proves nothing. So notice our Mishnah didn't document it, they just said it. We don't want you to document it because you don't have the right to collect for the chasim shabbatim, and and people might make a mistake, and, and we'll try to collect the chasim shabbatim. So you coming here. Says ain koisin shtori edison. You do not write a contract of edison. Vinasuyin elamadash name unless both of them agree. So right now the gemara thinks we're talking about that tonight. We're talking about the tonight where they both sit down, they agree, work out all the arrangements. And both parents obviously have to agree. Hamadash neighbor, they both agree. Then Kaisa, it sounds like you do right. It says, Ain't because you don't write, but if you agree, you do right. Clearly, you're right, even though all they did was they said. Says the Gemara, it must be that this document you can collect from the Chasim Shabbat, not like Ravashi. Says the Gemara, who told you that study Edison? So you want to ask, my lab study Psikta. So was like, no, who told you we're talking about study Psikta? We're not talking about Tunayimit. The first Mishnah Kedusha we can learn, one of them is Kesef, money, one of them is Shtar, a document. We're talking here about a document of getting married. That's what we're talking about here. You kind of obviously write the document, even though you you know that eventually you want to marry this girl, but you didn't ask her yet, and you want to be already sitting, so you have a safer right for you, a Shtar, with her name and everything else, and you you plan to pop the question, and hopefully she says yes, and then you write away, give her a Shtar before she changes her mind. That's no good. Had, the star has to be written with dash name in the first place. Says the Gemara, get a papa like a papa, because our Shravi and our Shravi Idma, we learned a kosul If he wrote the star, Erisid, having her in mind, but Shalom Medayit, he didn't inform her at the time that he's doing that. Rabbi Ravina, Rabbi said, Mekadesh is Mekadesh, because the main thing is when he give it to her. And our papa, and, and, and you wrote it Lishma. And a papa because when you write, you have to consult her from the beginning. Again, no proof either way regarding the tsunoyim when they, they said to you, can you write it down or not? And in other words, if you could write it down, that means you could collect from the Chasha Shabbat. If you don't write it down, it means you cannot collect from the Chasha Shabbat. Toshma coming here. Meisu, it says that the parents die, but I say in the Zainas, but the Chasim and the the, 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 all the other girls, including the other girls from this first wife, from this husband, their daughters only collect the chasm as heirs. They can only collect the chasm from the zainus. But he, she's not an heir. She is. Uh, she had. There's a debt on the estate. Because she's a balchayt. So we see from here that she has the right to collect from the chasm shabadim. Obviously, she has a document. Where did she get this document? Obviously, the husband said to the wife, this is what I'm going to do, and that's strong enough as if in, in front of witnesses, and therefore, it's like a document, a proof to Rabbi, a, a proof that you can um, 
going back to Rabbi Yechim before, but this becomes like a, 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 a sorry, so we say on the top of the page that you can that you could write it down and you could collect from the chosin mishabadim, not like Rabbi but like Rabbi no, here we're talking about you actually made a transaction. It's not just a, 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 just saying something or wrote an IOU. They actually made a Kenyan. That's why they can collect on Chasri Bodim. If he made a Kenyan, all the agreements he made, then for his daughters as well, he would have made a Kenyan that he is going to feed his natural daughters, his biological daughters. He also would have made a Kenyan that he would take care of them. So how come they only get Benechayin? So we answer, he only made a Kenyan when it came to his stepdaughter. Didn't make a Kenyan when it came to his own daughters. And therefore, they can only collect from B'nai Chayin, but the stepdaughter can go to Shabbat. Says the Gemara, my Paschal. What's the logic in that? You know, why did you decide that the, the Martin Mishnah side for his stepdaughter, he made a Kenyan, but for all the other daughters, he didn't? Says the Gemara, and not only that, Indic Subit says, I'll take care of your daughters and so on, our daughters and so on and so forth. So how come that part of the, the thing we say can only collect with the but the stepdaughter part of that Subit, she can collect with your body. What's going on here? This part, he made a Kenya for this part. He didn't make Kenya, it doesn't make sense. So he might tell you, no, he made a Kenya for everything. But the Kenyan for the other, for his biological daughters are ineffective. The Kenya for a stepdaughter is effective. Why? Very simple. She was already born the stepdaughter. At the time of the Kenyan. That's what it was. She was born with another husband. Therefore, Mahan al Kenyan. The Kenyan happened when she was already existing in this world. Ababanas, the future daughters that he will have with this woman, the Lahavi Bishas Kenyan. They weren't around at the time when they made this agreement. They followed Mahan al Kenyan. The Kenyan, he made a Kenyan, but the Kenyan is ineffective. Says the Gemara, what is it? But, the, but I, I can come up with a case where the, where the other daughters also existed. And yet the mission seems to say unequivocally that it never works for the other daughters. How can it be that the other daughters are also in existence? What happens if he married this woman and she had a, a kid for someone else and they together had kids, then they got divorced and then they remarried again. So the second time when they remarried, they made this deal and there was stepdaughters alive, but so too the other daughters. So how come the stepdaughter is entitled to collect from the Chassam Shabbatim because there was a Kenyan? That same Kenyan should also be effective for the other daughters that they should be able to collect from the Chassam Mishabadim. So the Gemara, what do you mean? It could also be talking about there was a Kenyan, you're going to go to the Girsha of Ahadra, the divorce, and they came back. So the Gemara follows. L.E., the lesser betanai bezin. When it comes to a stepdaughter, there's no rule that says that you have to take care of your stepdaughter. It's just an agreement between them and the Kenyan. So the Kenyan is affected because otherwise, why, why pay for her? When it comes to his biological daughters, the eastern betanai bezin, he anyway has to take care of them because the, bed, the law is that you have to take care of your children and you have to take care of your wife and so on. Then the Kenyan. The Kenyan is not affected. Says the Gemara, so Mikra Gora. So I said, so, but you made a Kenyan. Why should it be any worse? El Benaisa, you know why his biological daughters, we say that that you don't, uh, they cannot collect the Chosher Badim? Because the law says he had to take care of them, the law says that, we are concerned that there's a possibility you gave them already some kind of security. You already paid them off a little bit. And therefore you have no right to go to a Leclerc to collect money because maybe the, the father took care of them. I think in the East Nubit Naibezin, Emil would say, Tsroni Atfasinu. Maybe before this guy, we're talking about Mesa, they died. Maybe before he died, he gave them some money. And therefore, because he gave them some money, how can they collect? And they and uh, and they they cannot go now to the Osho because you cannot any any anything which um they would have to swear 
that they uh, did not receive, they cannot, that does not become part of the, form part of Yerusha. Anything that requires a shvur does not form part of Yerusha, and therefore they can only collect from Bnei Chayim. So it says over there that the first person should say, well, there's a second person that he'll take care of. Now, this is a very interesting Gemara. It's actually fascinating Gemara in Halacha. You know, when uh, if, if, if families split up and there's all kinds of, you know, in, in the courts here forever, have all, you know, who, who gets custody of the child, visitation rights, and should it be the mother, should it be the father, and what payment should it be, and so on. So here in Halacha, the whole basis in Halacha is based on the next few lines in the Gemara. Even the Gemara is not so clear, but it's based on this Gemara here. And it follows. Amr al-Khizr, Khizr says, from here we learn out that Bas Eitzel Ima, that generally speaking, um, it says here that the father has to bring the food to where the mother is. The father cannot say, bring her to my house and I'll take care of her. No. Even if she divorced you and you're divorced and she married somebody else, doesn't matter. You still have to fulfill your obligation and bring it to her house. In other words, where's the daughter with who? With the mother, not with the father. So from here you learn out, Bas Eitzel Ima, that the daughter goes with the mother. Says the Gemara, and what age? Any age. We have a rule that a father has to support his kids. We had it before until six years old. And over six years old, it's a daka. When it comes to a daughter, it doesn't matter what age, he, uh, she goes with her mother. Says the Gemara, who told you? Um, who told you that we're talking about uh, a, an adult girl here? <clears throat> and and we, if we don't say, that you know the, that the girl should go back to her family. If the father died, we say the Yisamim have to bring it to her. We don't say she should move in with her brothers and so on. No, she can stay with her mother. How, and we're saying all ages. How do you know? How do you know all ages? Maybe we're talking about maybe really if the father is supporting or the, the state is supporting the girl, maybe the girl stays with the father's family. Maybe. I how come over here we're saying that the girl is with her mother? Because maybe we're talking about a very young girl, and so what? And because of Maisa Shahoya, because of a terrible tragedy that once happened. And what is that? That um, the Tanya we learned, Misha Mays, if somebody died, he left behind a young boy, his Yosha of and the ear say, We want to raise the, no, the father's family, says, no difference, uh, no difference divorce or um, or a death, but this is the case. The children say, we wanted to, to, her to come over to us. The Ima Aymeres, he had been got us in as a boy, and the mother said, I want the boy by me. We give it to the mother, to her, to her, she takes custody and not to his family. And why? Because Maisa Hayyeh once happened, the Shachtu Erev Hayyeh, and they shechted her on that day, or others say Erev Pesach. Erevadisha, sorry. Shachtu Erevadisha the first night, and others say Erev Pesach. Erev HaPesach. And what happened was, because he was there, he was taking, they have to provide for him. He was eating away all, he's going to eat away all the assets. So they do was they made sure he died that night. And therefore they won't, won't impact him on the assets. As a result of that, they said, we don't trust the father's family. And therefore the boy stays with the mother. Says the Gemara, Im Kane, if so, if there's a, so what are you telling me? That's only by a, a, a young, young kid stays with the mother, but the kid is a bit older, 
then maybe it does shift to the father's family. Im kein, if so, let us just say, if there's a difference between an older child and a younger child, let us just say, lemokim shehi. Just say that the father has to bring the mazainas to wherever she happens to end up. Um, if we're talking, and that was no, if you're talking about an adult, she'll be with her with her father's family. And if you're talking about a minor or young kid, it'll be with the mother's family. Says the Gemara, my lemokim, what do you mean lemokim she'ima? What do you mean? Why does the Mishnah say to the place that the mother is? The teacher what Abchiza said, Shamat mina bas when it comes to a daughter, it makes no difference in older or younger. So if you learn this Gemara, what does it seem to the Gemara? That, that uh, who gets custody of the child, the mother, regardless, and the father still has to provide for her. The father provides for her. However, it's, it's clearly not so. Because the Gemara says, Bas, what about Ben? So basically, it comes like this. When it comes to a Bas, a Bas, a daughter, stays with the mother. When it comes to a son, because there's a mitzvah on the father to teach his son Torah, so the rule is that the son goes to the father. However, the first few years of raising the child, we say it goes to the mother. Then the Shulchan Aruch says, but if the Bezdin feels that it's better for the child to be, let's say, with the daughter, with the father, then the Bezdin can move the child to the father. And then there's a machlek, a paskim. What's it talking about here? Do, does the child have an opinion? Uh, it, so in fact, the chelkas machlek and beishmul both say that it depends. When we say that the bezin has the right to decide that the child should be transferred to one of the parents, so let's say to the father, is only if the girl has no opinion. They ask the girl, "Where would you rather stay?" She she's nonchalant about the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, there makes no difference. Both the parents. But if the girl clearly says, "I want to be with my mother." Then it stays with the mother, and then no bezin, they say no bezin has the right to say we think it's better for the girl to be with her father if she clearly says I want to be with my mother. When it comes to a son, there's a whole issue, and um, when it comes to son, if the son says he wants to be with the mother, so many paskim hold can stay with the mother. If the son is nonchalant, we take it to the father because the midst of teaching Torah. And then many say that if they're in the same city, so the father, if he wants, says he can teach Torah anyway. But if she lives in a different city, then the mitzvah of teaching Talmud Torah to your son overrides other things and you bring him to the father. Others say the bedroom should evaluate every case on its merits and there shouldn't be these uh, strict rules. But that's how halacha views it. So there's a difference in a girl and a boy and the variable that, that comes in is the idea of teaching Torah, mitzvah of learning Torah. Um, we'll stop.